You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Today, I'm speaking with Daniel Spoons Spoonauer uh, of the observability company Lightstep. Uh, and as uh, you know, KubeCon is starting uh, November 17th, running through the 20th. Uh, and uh, one of the things we're going to talk about with Spoons today is uh, Kubernetes and observability into Kubernetes. So first of all, uh, Spoons, thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, great to be here. Yeah. So let's dive right into that with, uh, with the observability and Kubernetes. So uh, one of the things we were talking about before we, before we came on was um, what specifically Lightstep can offer uh, for specifically uh, observability into uh, Kubernetes clusters or containers or any other components. Yeah, I think you know the way that we think about observability is really about understanding change and understanding the effects of change in in your application. And one of the things that's great about Kubernetes is that it helps you move more quickly, right? And you're you know deploying new pods, you know, bringing up new services, things like that. Um, and all that change is, is good for a lot of reasons. And, and from a user's point of view, most of it's totally invisible. It's really the cases when that change leads to some um, performance problem or, or other issue or reliability issue that, that things really come up. So I think the way that, you know, where Lightstep brings value is that we allow you to tag your telemetry data with arbitrary kinds of information, including you know, information about how the infrastructure and, and the Kubernetes system is actually running your application. Um, and then we can use that to actually figure out when all those different changes actually matter for performance. So usually using that as a, as a part of the signal that we're using to um, help explain what's happening. Fantastic. Uh, and again, speaking of telemetry, I know that uh, Lightstep has been a supporter of the uh, Open Telemetry Project, as much of the industry is now uh, moving in, in that direct, uh, direction. Uh, so uh, uh, so where, where do you see then the, the future of monitoring going uh, with more organizations embracing open telemetry? Yeah, I mean, it's great that these other big organizations are, are jumping on. Um, you know, we've been working on the open source side, not only through open telemetry, but through an earlier project called Open Tracing, um, which is a little bit smaller in scale, but but has been folded into open telemetry. Um, and I think the thing that's really cool about these is is that they really allow the folks that you know build and, and operate and manage these applications to control their data in a way that they really couldn't before. Um, you know, you don't have to you know pull a, a vendor specific agent or, or something that's going to lock you into a vendor into your application. You know, how you choose to analyze your data is definitely your choice, but it shouldn't be something that you're you're coding in um, in a way that you have to undo later. Um, so to me, that's the one of the really exciting parts of it. I think as an open source project, then there's a lot of other opportunities for other people to contribute and, and for folks to share work there as well. Now, I know a big issue in the world today uh, regarding telemetry and other things is is being able to trust what's being thrown out. So does going to a to a more open, kind of an accepted standard way of doing things uh, help towards people having better assurance uh, and, and being better able to trust the data that they're receiving? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, part of that trust is also about what data you're, you're not sending, right? Um, I think uh, when we talk with folks, one of the concerns with a more traditional agent-based approach is that it's kind of a black box, right? You have sort of no idea what kind of information it's extracting from your application. 
And with something like OpenTelemetry, it, it's totally, not only is the source code transparent, but like you just have a lot more control over, over what kinds of data are being sent. Um, and I think, yeah, that not only, like I was saying, does that, that mean that you trust that, that, the, the, not, that the wrong data is not being sent, but it also means that the data itself, you can really get a better sense of, um, you know, when you're looking at that alert or when you're looking at some performance data over time, really understanding where that came from is important. Because if you're not measuring the right thing or if you don't know what you're measuring, you're not going to be able to draw the right conclusions from that. Right. right. And this is all on the uh, operational side of things where I know uh, in the world today, a lot of organizations are just worried about business outcomes and customer outcomes. So does any of this uh, help organizations get that information that they need in terms of what's happening on the customer end of things, or is it all pretty much back-end internal stuff? I mean, to me, it's really about framing that back-end and that that IT performance in terms of what the user experiences. That's the way that we've approached it at Lightstep is you really want to start from as close to the customer as you can get. Might that, that might be on a web app. That could even be in a mobile app recording what the experience they're having. But then not just doing that in isolation, actually tying it back to these backend systems, including, you know, Kubernetes, right? And understanding, you know, when you have a, an eviction of a, of a pod or an other change that's made automatically, making sure that that's not impacting that user performance is pretty important. So to me, you know, one of the other consequences of moving to an architecture like Kubernetes is that you just get so many more moving parts. So if you're thinking about this from sort of an IT, you know, asset management and, and um and just sort of cataloging exercise, right? That you're just, if you're really coming at this from the point of view, you have to keep track of every single um, piece of virtual infrastructure. You're just, you're creating a lot of work for yourself. And, and like I was saying, a lot of that really doesn't matter in a sense because a lot of it is not impacting your user performance. So we really think of the, the, the user experience as a guide to help filter that data and, and kind of cut it down to a reasonable volume where you, know, you can actually work on the stuff that matters. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know we've spoken before, again, we, we did the webinar earlier in the year, uh, talking about um, observability itself uh, as, as really kind of uh, taking over for what had been traditional monitoring. And uh, so maybe for folks that weren't listening in on that, you could talk a little bit about the advantages of being able to see, you know, deeply into these systems. I mean, it seems clear enough that, uh, you know, it would be, you can spot incidents more quickly, remediate things more quickly. But, uh, but what has shifted in the world from application, what had been known as APM, uh, you know, now into observability? Yeah. And I think, I mean, you bring up APM too, like, um, I kind of think of the, the promise and the, and the pain of, uh, that APM is trying to address are still totally relevant. It's just that the way that architectures are being um, deployed, the way that, that these organizations are working has changed, where it's really about this rate of change, right, that we're, um, we're building software that we can deploy in much smaller pieces. We're doing that much more frequently. We're doing that as not a single, you know, small ops team, but as many teams across an organization, all independently doing this. Um, so to me, the thing that's really changed is, um, you know, we used to be able to understand what could go wrong by looking at a dashboard, right? We could enumerate all of the possible failure modes. And then, you know, the way that we monitor our system is that, well, once we've enumerated those possible failures, we just build a dashboard, right? Um, and then if, if we look at the dashboard, we can tell what we need to do to, to fix things. I think in a world of Kubernetes and a world of DevOps, like there's just too many possible failure modes. And those failure modes are changing all the time as the architecture itself shifts. Um, and so to me, observability is really about a means to um, 
understand what's happening without having to enumerate those problems in advance. And even, you know, even without having to require a human to enumerate them uh, even as they're happening, right? Because there's just so many things that could be going wrong. If I get paged in the three in the morning, the last thing I want to do is start trying to, you know, build theories about what possibly could have gone wrong. I want the tool to tell me what's going wrong. So to me, really observability is about taking these effects in terms of this end user experience and tying it back to the potential causes that I, as a, as an operator, as a, as an, as a, as a developer even can use to mitigate and, and resolve those issues. Right. So it's uh, again, the moving parts that you were talking about. So I know uh, the move to the cloud and and the complexities involved in 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 that and running Kubernetes and containers and microservices and swapping things in and out and API calls into other systems that you can't control. So so there are all of these complexities and I guess that's the key uh, benefit of of having an observability tool that would allow you to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's really about you know it's not a it's not a signal to noise problem, right? It's not as though these, all this data doesn't matter. It's just, it's a too much signal problem in that not all of it matters right now. Maybe next week it'll be important, but for right now, really what I think an observability tool needs to do is actually, um, is do that kind of filtering. So I know that there are a lot of observability tools in the market. How, how does LightStep differentiate themselves from, from other companies that are doing this? So LightSteps, the kind of core idea goes back to um, what we learned at, at Google, actually quite a while ago now, because Google was building um, what we might now call microservices, but you know back in the day, quite different. And, and those were operated by a bunch of different teams that were all deploying independently, but had to work together to provide this unified experience, um, even through something like web search. And the tools that we had to build were really... Um, tools that had to understand how those requests were passing through the system, right? And this is where um, tools like Dapper, which was Google's internal tracing system, really came about. Uh, and when, when one of my co-founders and I left, what we were thinking about was how these kinds of problems were going to affect people in the rest of the world, right? Maybe not quite at Google scale, um, but they're still building these independent um, and loosely coupled services that we're going to have to communicate to fulfill user requests, and so it like that we also based this um what we've what we've done based upon distributed tracing and it's in a pretty different form than what was done at Google again the scale and the, the sort of kinds of problems are pretty different um but still making sure that we're able to understand causality within this distributed application that we understand when one service is affecting each other not in aggregate but on individual requests so what makes lightstep different is really that we use distributed tracing as a means of providing context. And then we look at other kinds of telemetry that we can also pull in as um, ways of explaining what's happening. But it's all really tied around this idea of causality and understanding what's causing changes within the system. Um, without that, there's not really, a, we think, a reasonable way of filtering um, the data that, that's coming from the application and helping to guide the, the users of, of LightStep to the answers that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. All right. So I know that we're coming up on uh, the end of time. I just wanted to see if you had any uh, final thoughts or takeaways um, for our listeners um, that they could, uh, either get from KubeCon or LightStep or anything we've been talking about today. 
No, I'm really excited about what's going on in the cloud native side. Um, I encourage anyone who's interested in, in thinking more about observability to check out OpenTelemetry. Um, I think it's a great way to get involved, and it's a great way to um, you know, think about moving your organization towards a more cloud native uh, approach to observability. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, all right. That's uh, pretty much what I had. So, uh, Spoons, appreciate your time today. Thanks for being with us again. Yeah, thank you. And I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Cool. So until next time, everyone, Dave Rubenstein saying so long for now.